the Combing the Stacks podcast, your go-to podcast for six decades of music, three albums at a time. Each decade, we cover over 200 albums spanning all musical genres and tastes, from the well-known acts to the cult favorites. Your tour guides on this journey are John, Josh, and Matt, three amateur music podcasters who all share a love of music and a shared quest to hear the next great album. And now, we head into the stacks. Well, well, well. Look who the captain is now. <laughs> Just when John said he was the Cal Ripken of the podcast, something happens. He gets sick and breaks that streak. So yeah, somebody for beamed the first... him in the head with a fastball or something. Exactly. Took him out. So for the first time ever, it's Matt and me uh, going going it alone on this podcast. And once again, we called the Audible and decided to pick a couple more albums from the from 1980 and. Uh, we are comfortably in 1980, I would say, at this point, looking at all the albums we'll be covering in the weeks to come. Uh, it was, it yeah. was your idea, Matt. Anything? Uh, yeah, you know, no. Um, I just uh, it's, I thought, John, let us know yesterday. Yep. <laughs> <It's> not, he <laughs> might not be able to make it tonight. So uh, we, we thought, well, we either are going to not do anything or we could maybe do a quick two albums. We, you know, maybe pick two albums that we could, uh, you know, uh, what is it? It's almost like an all-nighter, like the, like yeah. the version of like the study, the all-nighter, like the, the procrastination. And uh, so I just thought maybe we go with two albums on best ever albums in the, in the year 1980 mm-hmm. um, that we obviously weren't planning on covering. But the two highest albums that um, were from artists that we've actually already done bios on. Yes. And uh, so that's Less kind work of the criteria. Less work for us. <laughs> so we don't need as much bio. Although I, I did a little bit of uh, bio research just to kind of just like a little bit yeah. before. Yeah, same. Kind of I skimmed the Wikipedia. Yes, right. Yeah. So we can maybe throw in some <laughs> tidbits there. But uh, yeah, Josh, why don't you, uh, what are we going to be covering tonight? Yep. So we're going to be covering, first we're going to be co- covering Steely Dan's Gaucho. And then we're going to be covering Black Sabbath's Heaven and Hell, featuring the uh, first appearance of Ronnie James Dio taking over for Ozzy Osbourne, most notably. Well, I don't know if we could have gotten two different albums or two. two, (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Like, obviously, we say that a lot. Like, you know, there's like, oh, this album's totally different. But it was just it was a very different the last day and a half listening to these two records. It's a very different listening experience. Yeah. giving you different totally different things but uh but yeah we wish john well um in his uh in his current state he hopefully will be back next week we keep putting off this i i, I think john just john just like threw in the <laughs> towel on this because he just wanted to listen to more judas priest joy division and uh, dead kennedys which we've support we were supposed to cover last week but then i pulled out actually because yeah. i yeah i was in florida and um I had a couple of other things came up that my, my parents had planned. So I was not at a little league game, Josh. I did listen to the episode. I was at, well, I was at the next best thing. I was at a New York Mets uh, minor league game. The Port St. Lucie Mets were, uh, were a single a or low a, I should say. So that's like the first level a of uh, minor league baseball. Um, and the, they had a pitch count on the, uh, on the pitchers or the, the pitch clock. And the game was over, and they did nine innings in two hours. It was wow. it was it was awesome. I was like, man, if this, the pitch clock can make games two hours long, baseball might be saved. Uh, That's crazy. So yeah, I also got to introduce my nephew to the rally cap because um, the Mets were down, and it almost worked. They got the bases loaded, and they were down two nothing, and um, uh, it didn't work out. But uh, I just told him that's because not enough people were wearing the rally cap. My <laughs> rally cap only did so much. So um, yes. 
indoctrinating superstition early on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and I look just as ridiculous as you th- might imagine. I would look uh, Cinderella. It is now, a key so. part of baseball. It so. is. It's part of the tradition. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Well, good stuff. So let, let's dive right in. I guess the question now is if something yeah. else happens, how, what's the shortest turnaround time we can have to make an episode? <laughs> this was pretty, this was pretty impressive. Like I, I, I don't know, like I was able to actually listen to these two albums in the like, I think John texted me initially. It was probably 24 hours ago, to be honest. Yeah. Like I was um, just a little over 24 hours ago and uh, I was able to listen to both of these albums three times. So, wow. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. hardcore. Yep. So, uh, so I don't know how intently I was listening to them, but I got, I did get through them three times. So okay. um, 24 Great. hours is probably my, my limit for two albums. I would say. Yeah. Agreed. That sounds good. Okay. So let's dive right in. We've got heaven and hell by black Sabbath. Why don't you run the numbers? Oh, we're going to do that one first. Okay. We'll do oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Sorry. I had gaucho up, but that's all right, Josh. If you want it, Josh wants to get right into, uh, to the black Sabbath. So this is heaven and hell by black Sabbath coming in at number 117 in the 1980s, number 15 in the year 1980, number 798 of all time. It did not make Rolling Stones list. Um, and as Josh said, yeah, this is the first one with Ronnie James Dio. So, um, We've covered Black Sabbath. This is their fifth highest rated album on Best Ever Albums. We had also covered their debut album from 1970, uh, self-titled Black Sabbath. And then we covered uh, their highest rated album, Paranoid. That was also from 1970. And uh, and we also covered Master of Reality, which is their third highest rated album. And uh, that's from 71. So a lot of time has passed between um, the yeah. last time we covered them, Master of Reality and, and Heaven and Hell which is like almost 10 years later. I think they had like mm-hmm. two or three albums that were in between. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Josh, why don't you, you want to kick it off? You want to, why don't you start the sure. start deep steely down? Yeah, I, I actually looked, we covered master of reality back in episode 11 of last season. So that was way, I don't know that was probably like a year ago. That was almost a year ago. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was a while ago. Well, this, this was, um, you know, not to, uh, uh, you know, reveal what I thought of a Judas Priest since I've now listened to that album and feel very prepared to talk about yeah. it. But uh, this was a different, this was definitely a different experience, a different experience from the Black Sabbath that we heard earlier on in the 70s. That was mm-hmm. the most surprising thing. I don't think I had ever listened to Dio before on on Black Sabbath. So I was, um, it definitely was a different, kind of like took me by surprise actually because it just they sounded almost completely different than what I expected them to you know I feel like Black Sabbath when we heard them was very much um, into that almost like a slower sludgier sound they intentionally downtuned their guitars as we talked about and and kind of the beginning of them was much more focused on almost like this you know black magic type of Hmm. folklore horror um, motifs in their in their music and this sounded I don't know I guess it sounded contemporary um, to what I think 80s metal sounds like and yeah. um, and as a result it kind of lost a little of its shine for me um, I think Dio is a good singer but he kind of sounds like other other metal guitarists I think you know Rob Halford of of uh, Judas Priest and Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden kind of do it better than what he's doing in my opinion. Hmm. Um, you know, it sounds like metal to come as well. The, um, you know, 
or just even hard rock. It's, uh, it's, it's not, it didn't feel as, um, innovative as, as the mm-hmm. earlier Black Sabbath did. So obviously it's hard to, you can't reinvent the wheel every, every album, but, um, it's, it's not a direction I expected them to go. What are, what are your kind of initial thoughts on hearing this? So, yeah, I, I will, before I get to that, I just realized we didn't, we didn't play any songs or we didn't. Oh yeah. I'm just going to throw a little montage in the beginning. What do you want to throw in the montage? I have a suggestion. Okay. Go for it. What is it? I would, I would put in heaven and heaven and hell. That's, I mean, uh, that's probably the best song on this album, yeah, I would yeah. think. That's yeah. the one I was thinking of. So let's, yeah, okay. let's do an opening montage. Uh, I know last, last week you guys did like songs right before, uh, but yeah, let's, let's do that. So, um, okay. so yeah, I didn't know that this was, I, I was Black Sabbath. I wasn't sure if this was a uh, Ozzy album or not, so I, mm-hmm. I had to look that up. And also, full disclosure, I have a funny story. Uh, when Ronnie James Dio died, which was probably like, that's probably like 10, 12 years ago or something like that. It was, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I remember I saw something, uh, like an article about it. And my initial reaction was, who's Dio? <laughs> like, I had no idea who he was until he died. Like, I didn't oh, know geez. that there was a guy named Ronnie James Dio. I didn't know that he, there was another singer in Black Sabbath that wasn't Ozzy Osbourne. Never mm-hmm. heard of the band Rainbow. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't, I just, I was, my friends were like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I can't keep track of everything. Yeah. You can't so, know everyone. Yeah. So, um, I, I like this album a lot. This was an easy listen for me. And this yeah. takes me back to, I mean, just thinking about me as a kid growing up in the, you know, in the eighties. Um, you know, I think my first musical love really was like, kind of like synth pop, like Duran Duran was my first tape that I ever had, mm-hmm. you know? So I liked the cars the bands like that that I liked a lot. Um, but then I quickly got into kind of like hair metal essentially is what it was. Um, and so this album probably more so than any album that we've heard so far is, um, as reminiscent of, of the hair metal sound. Yeah. Um, than anything that we've done. I think we talked a little bit about that with Van Halen. I kind of brought that up. I thought that there was a little hair metal, Esque kind of sound to that. Um, mm-hmm. This was more so for me, and I don't. Hair metal also always has like a negative connotation. It's kind of like this cheesed out, like you know, not really serious kind of ridiculous type sound, right? Um, which which I think is true, but I, I, I'm not saying that here to be disparaging at all. I'm just saying that it's 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 got that sound. It's got the quality of the sound. I think it's much better. I certainly had several hair metal albums growing up and there was a lot of filler on some of those like you know the more successful bands like i think i listened to slaughter stick it to you like <laughs> like 10 years ago i was like let me just listen to yeah. it. i'm like this is not good like there's a couple of good singles <laughs> on it but as an album it's got a lot of filler and i felt that way about motley crew albums and stuff like that poison albums you know but this was this was um pretty good stuff from start to finish for me um and i think I see what you're saying about Dio's voice, but I think he's got, I think his voice is tremendous. I think what he's able yeah. to do um, is so much. I think Ozzy's, I think Ozzy's voice is, is unique. It's certainly, like it's its own thing. You know, he's yeah. got a distinguished voice and it's really cool. And it's really cool for what Sabbath was doing in those earlier albums. Like, you know, it was kind of more of a menacing, darker mm-hmm. sound. Um, this was not as dark. I would say this was kind of more, um, you know, right. there's probably things in more major keys as opposed to minor keys. And um, this is kind of reminding me of stuff like Judas Priest and, and um, Iron Maiden, which I think fall under the category of Nuava, which I don't think we've really talked about before. It's the, John would know more about this. This is the same, oh. but like the new new wave of British heavy metal, which was kind of like oh, this okay. 
which is kind of like what those bands really fall into. And this is very much like that, like that, like there's a lot of great guitar riffs on here, very powerful, faster riffs. Um, yes. And uh, we're definitely into metal here, you know, and I think that um, so far this, his voice, like Dio's voice is the best metal voice that we've come across. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a lot of hard rock voices and you've got people like, you know, uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC, yeah. Johnson from ACDC. Um, yeah. You know, even guys like, uh, you know, Roger Daltrey's got a great voice, but he's not like a metal guy. He's more of a hard rock guy. Um, and same thing. And Zeppelin kind of teeters into both categories. So I would say that this is probably the. I'd say that probably up until this point, Plant had the most metal voice. Yeah, he's um, Dio is kind of similar to Robert Plant in terms yeah. of his power and range. I would say. Yeah, he, yeah, for sure. So, um, but I thought Dio's voice was great on this, and. Um, I don't know if I like it better than Ozzy, but I thought I think it's a better voice. It, it kind of reminded me of that discussion about like how people say that Bob Dylan doesn't have a good voice or like, mm -hmm. you know, Neil Young doesn't have a good voice. They, they're distinguished. Um, and I would say that's about that's similar with Ozzy. And I don't know, maybe other people would say I would disagree, but I, I think Ozzy still has a good voice. But I think his strength is kind of like the, the vibe of the voice, whereas this voice is kind of like the power and the range yeah. and like the strength of it. And, yeah. um, and that really comes through here, but he also does that thing where he accentuates a lot of the, like, I, I love it when he's like, and heaven and hell, like, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. uh, and wishing well, like the, the ELL <laughs> sound is really lends itself to really cool sounds in metal, metal mm -hmm. vocals. Um, so, um, I, it was an easy listen. It reminded me kind of like it, it was an interesting kind of juxtaposing this against Steely Dan, which is a much different listen. Um, I don't need to listen to this album multiple times to get it. I get it right away. And I pretty yeah. much liked every song on here. Um, it's a little proggy too at times, I would say. There's some mm -hmm. songs like, like the title track does go a little bit long um, and it kind of goes in different directions. But there's great musicianship here. It's a fun album. Uh, I don't necessarily think I would say that it's better than the ones that we covered, but it's certainly different. And um, and I could see myself definitely at times preferring to listen to this over some of the Aussie stuff, hmm. I would say, um, kind of depending on the mood that I'm in. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think Aussie could sing the way could sing these songs the way that Dio does. No, so I think no. and this is definitely the next iteration or evolution of Black Sabbath with him on board. So I think they're going to they were either, you know, excited or you know, had to change their sound as a result and, and take advantage of what Dio brings to, you know, to being the lead, the lead singer. So I, I totally get that. Um, I think it, uh, it still maintains some of that, um, like folk mysticism quality in it with songs like children of the sea, which kind of has this like, yeah. you know, old timey feel to it and lady evil, which is about a, a magical <laughs> mystical woman. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's kind of getting into like the Led Zeppelin kind of like, yeah. you know, the, the, at, at, which is, you know, more of the witchcraft and stuff like that. It's, it's yeah. more of the metal thing. Whereas hard rock's about sex, right? ACDC is all about boning and stuff. And this right. is more about witches and goblins and whatnot. So yeah. that definitely comes out. And I think hair metal as a term is more kind of disparaging or derogatory because uh, the musicianship is not as, as a, you know, on point or not the focus, right? It's yeah. whereas here, these guys are definitely really yeah. good, good guitarists. And that's, that's a good you, point. You still get the classic, like kind of metal breakdowns and instrumental breaks um, on these, which I, which I always appreciate. And, right. and the, so, so as a result, like the, you know, the 80s, not the 80s sound, but the get that like driving guitar is really welcome here. And um, I always like when when that happens in these albums. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Lady Evil, I think, is an example of something that's a slight change in their tone and direction. I, I mm-hmm. don't think they would have sung that song in previous, you know, Black Sabbath albums. I think it has a bit of uh, like a fun quality, a lighter quality um, mm-hmm. than some of their their other stuff. So, and a song like Walk Away, which really sounded kind of like contemporary more mid 80s in the way that i don't know something like def leppard would kind of riff on or something like that um yeah it's definitely a more of a modern sounding you know and you can see that this is where a lot of popular metal goes you know in the 80s it's definitely it's it's got a more produced sound it's a much you know because some of that early sabbath stuff is still like a you know that's basically it's like in the 60s almost i mean there's Mm -hmm. two the first two albums were in 1970 so a, a lot has happened in 10 years and um and I would say that too, like going back to hair metal, I think that part of yeah, like you said, the the focus isn't as much on the music music itself, although that's there, but it's also on the theatrics. I mean, that kind of came right. out of glam and like the image and all that stuff, and like that's music videos and just kind of all that. Right. Um, whereas this is not not really that. I mean, this is pre MTV, and these guys are much more probably you know they got more of the chops. I would say. Um, yeah. Um, yep. I also thought it was interesting on the last track. Um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but there was uh, there was a part in there that sounded that, that like the way that they fade out on the last track was the same kind of thing from um, Stairway to Heaven. It's the the song "Lonely Is the Word," and mm-hmm. they, at the end they keep repeating over and over again. They're like, ah! like the Led Zeppelin, like from from like the from the end of uh, "Stairway to Heaven." So, oh, so interesting. That's, I don't know if that's like an um, homage. I mean, it had. I don't, it was pretty. It was pretty easy for me to tell, and so I don't. I don't know if there's a story behind that, but uh, but I did pick up on that. Um, but yeah, speaking of stories, what what did you learn about uh, Black Sabbath at this time, Josh? We, we're kind of go, we're kind of going backwards here, but in terms yeah. of bio, what did you what did you pick up on? Because there was a couple of things that I had I had read about what was happening with the band at this time. Well, I, I mean, I saw that this album still sold extremely well, so yeah. they were still quite popular, even. And, and, you know, we're going to be talking about Ozzy's solo work at some point, too. Blizzard of Oz, I think, comes up. Yeah, we're doing eventually that Eventually, when we get to that. I was cute. I don't, I don't, I didn't see anything else other than just kind of the production uh, mm-hmm. dynamic between them and what Dio and, and Tony, Tony Iommi brought to kind of making the songs and stuff. Um, I do, I am curious as to what people thought about at the time, like sw- hearing Dio for the first time and like the yeah. switch. And I think there was maybe a little bit of resistance at first because people wanted Ozzy, but, but, um, I guess they welcomed him eventually. What- yeah. I mean, it's still, a, yeah, it's, it's still a strong record. It did sell pretty well. Um, I did look up a little bit. So, so Ozzy was with the band, like they did a couple other albums. They had just done a tour mm-hmm. and they essentially got, got to the point cause they were so into alcohol and drugs, cocaine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So of course, you know, and alcohol in particular, but, um, I guess uh, Tony Tony Iommi was saying something like, you know, we were all really that was a really bad time for everybody, <laughs> but Ozzy was a different level. Like Ozzy was just ridiculously hard to work with, wouldn't show up on time for mm. for, you know, what he was supposed to do. Wasn't really into doing stuff, would rather just go drink or whatever and he would yeah. just say, "Ah, we'll get to recording tomorrow." So they finally kicked him out. Um and then I saw, I didn't know this, but um they they found Tony Iommi from uh the daughter of their manager who was actually sharon osborne oh okay um, i so so oh, they manager, found dio you mean they found dio is that what yeah, yeah. yeah yes yes um 
So she was the one that suggested that after Ozzy got kicked out, and that was before they were married, hmm. but she suggested Dio because he was he was in Rainbow, and I don't know they had, they had broken up or he wasn't in the band anymore, and so he was basically looking for a project to work on, and Iomi and the rest of Sabbath were kind of like, should we even continue? Like, where we you know should we just break up? But then they kind of both needed each other and and hmm. uh, got together and jammed and and played and uh, figured it was it was worth a shot, and they did a pretty good album. I mean, it's it's definitely different. It's a it's a good question you pose as to like how, you know, other how fans of you know there probably were Sabbath fans out there that's not the same, you know. Right. The, the, <laughs> the early stuff's better. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Ozzy forever, you know, Dio never, probably stuff like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so uh, but I I don't know I I I enjoy, from the moment I I started listening to it to the end I was like no this is great there's great riffs in here it's great musicianship it's upbeat it's uh it's great metal you know there's yeah so uh i'm a thumbs up on this uh like i said i i i I, it's probably not as good as some as the other ones that we listened to um i might prefer this over the debut one i would say actually Hmm. i think i would kind of that might have been my least favorite of the three i really did like master of reality though that was kind of a surprise album that i didn't really know and then of course paranoid has all the the bangers right yep yeah yeah both those albums are, are are more appealing to me and i think stronger than this album but um yeah, I think it's, I, I recommend it also, especially if you're, you know, into kind of the beginnings of, you know, the history of metal and, and definitely into this band. Um, I think in the timeline of a band too, sometimes you, they go, you know, because they change and people change who are fans of them, you know, you kind of drop off with bands at times, You and which I've done with different bands that continue on and they just kind of, you know, draw their fans or things like that so i'm sure this yeah. is the same thing that happened um with them and they yeah. and they continue on too so yeah yeah for sure um so i guess yeah i'm, I'm not yeah we, that's about as much research as i did so i don't know how many other albums they did with dio but um it was strong and dio like i said i thought dio's oh that was the other thing i saw that um i only said that it was a different experience working with uh with dio because he said that a lot of times um with ozzy he would sing the 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 progression of notes that he would sing would be the basically the song like he said Iron Man's a great example of that mm-hmm. he's just singing the guitar part essentially like that's the he's going right along with the guitar whereas Dio would go across the guitar parts you know he would sing he would kind of do his own thing and then the guitar would play differently against that so mm-hmm. um, I only said that it wasn't necessarily better you know but it was different in that it allowed him to expand his you know expand their musicianship a little bit more and that that made a lot of sense because you could that dio's definitely doing a lot more tricks on this than uh, than yeah than ozzy was ozzy was much more simplistic i would say i think he brings i'm sure dio brought like a much needed energy and and uh, uh you know work ethic <laughs> to, to the band that ozzy didn't have yeah yeah there's definitely like a pick-me-up and kind of re-energized um i don't think everybody i think bill ward i think he was the drummer i think this was his last album with them um okay. he kind of didn't really like the direction they were going and geezer butler kind of quit for a little bit and then he came back so there's other there's all kinds of stuff happening with these guys it's it'd probably be more of a fascinating dive into the bio but um but as far as the album goes i was i was it was an easy listen uh, it was a good one to cover <laughs> yeah in 24 hours you know so uh, I, I i listened to it three times but once would have been fine so um yeah i did see that heaven and hell the song is pretty highly ranked among like overall metal uh lists of of songs yeah. and it was one of the higher rated uh, Black Sabbath songs also. So Yeah, that one that one kinda stood out to be as being like there was just a really cool riff, but uh 
yeah but but i thought all the songs were good so mm-hmm. um yeah i would give it a thumbs up all right two two thumbs up from us and now now for something completely different we've got yeah. uh steely dan's gaucho steely and dan's gaucho yes yeah, so we're g- <laughs> what song are we gonna put in the beginning here uh i don't know what do you want to, you want to just do the you want to keep up with the uh, the album title let's just make it heaven and hell and gaucho we'll just go with gaucho uh, actually, uh, I like Hey 19 more, so Fine. I'm going to, I'm going to put that in. <laughs> there you go. So you really weren't, you, Josh, you really weren't asking me. You were just like, you, you wanted to see if I was going to agree with you. Yeah, I guess so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I really, yeah, I'll tell you why in a second, why it doesn't matter, but, uh, for me. Uh, so yeah, so Gaucho by Steely Dan comes in at number 131 in the 1980s on best ever albums, number 17 in the year 1980 number 884 of all time. It also did not make Rolling Stone's list. Um, it's their fourth highest rated album on best ever albums behind um, Asia from 1977, which mm-hmm. we covered in a proper episode. Uh, do you remember which one, Josh? Do you have that up? or? Uh, yes. Where is it? Where is it saying? It's in there notes. somewhere. Uh, Twenty Episode 27 of last season. Of season two, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second highest is Can't Buy a Thrill from 1972, and that was a cold listen mm-hmm. from a while ago. And, uh, and then Pretzel Logic from 1974, which we did not cover. So this one falls no. after that. Um, and yeah, so this is more Steely Dan. This is the one that came out after Asia, I believe. Yep. And it's, I the think next, it's also yeah, the next album. I, yeah. And I think this is their last album for like, they went on hiatus for like 20 years after this. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. that's what I, that's what I picked up on this. Um, so you, you were high on, you were high on Steely Dan. I think it was in your. And your best I, of the year, of the yeah, decade, right? It, well, it, it made for my cold listen list. Oh, right. uh, can't buy a thrill did because that was that was a couple of things. One, I had historically, if people had listened before, they knew that you know I was always kind of like a Steely Dan hater. You know, kind of like <laughs> yeah, I don't, oh, I, yeah, this yeah. is too soft, and I you know I don't really like the production. I don't get it. Um, and uh, so when we did can't buy a thrill. I was kind of expecting not to like it, and then. Uh, so, but I liked it more than I thought I would. And on top of that, there were songs that I had heard for so like, uh, you know, do it again. And, mm-hmm. um, there, that, that were songs that I, that I've known for years and I didn't realize that they're and Steely Dan songs. And I just found myself kind of tapping my feet and right. liking it. So, um, it was kind of surprising. So, and then we did Asia. Um, and the more I listened to that, the more I liked it. Um, and so I, 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 I would say with Gaucho, it's it's a similar feeling to Asia in that it's, man, a lot of these songs blend together, especially just <laughs> listening to it like in one day. Um, yeah. it's, there's zero edge to Steely Dan. They just have no interest in any type of distortion or any type of avant-garde. No. Anything. It's like, it's... They, it's, they have a vision though, that's for sure. They absolutely <laughs> do. And, and the little research that I did on this, there was like 40 plus musicians oh, and Jesus. like Asia, like the recording yeah. sessions for Asia, they were they were perfectionists and they would just really focus. It took them like two years to do the album, I think, or something yeah. like that. And they would just focus on individual parts and, you know, um, so they would kind of drive people crazy. But so I can definitely tell like musically, it's a really interesting album. There's, there's, they're great musicians. They, they, they do some yeah. really interesting things. There's some good grooves in here. This is definitely kind of like a yacht rock kind of like uh bouncy. It might be the most it. yacht rock. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 you might be right about that. Um, and there's a little bit of funk in it too. Yes. Like the, like, you I know, noticed that. Yep. Um, what is it? My, My rival, rival in yep. particular. That's like, that's a funk song. Um, mm. but then just a lot of, 
lot of just easy listening jazz kind of stuff is like the is probably the best way to kind of convey what the sound is like but um i will have to say listening to steely dan um all for, for this time and giving them their due uh giving them a chance uh i don't hate them i yeah. don't hate them it's it's definitely for in terms of if we were going with john's uh uh, rubric, right? As far as re-listenability, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing for me to want to just put on a Steely Dan album because it's not, the sound is still something that's not my favorite. I really would like a little bit more edge. Um, I'm amazed that people, like people that I know and they, they like all kinds of music, like talking so highly about them mm-hmm. and I still mm-hmm. feel like I'm missing something. I still feel like I, I'm not in the club necessarily, yeah. but I will say that like this... This was a fine listen. That was they're they're really talented. Um, you know, I was bouncing here and there. You know, uh, kind of getting into it. It's just not a go-to for me. Uh, so I think uh, if I was at a party or somebody put this on, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. It's Steely Dan. Whereas like last year, I would have been like, oh shit, I gotta listen. <laughs> you know, I gotta listen to this. Um, and I also feel like this is the type of album that just to me it seems like very. I don't know, refined, educated, uppity people. Like, you know, mm. this seems like there's, this is like a, an, an intelligent band to listen yes. to for some reason. Um, so uh, nothing really stood out here uh, except for my rival. Like I said, that's kind of got a funk kind of thing to it. Um, it they Just on in a couple of listens, it, it still blends together. I felt with Asia that I started to see more as I listen. I listened to that album a lot too. I kind of forced Mm. myself to listen to that a lot over the week. So maybe I would come up with some more cogent uh, takes on this album if I had more time to listen to it, but it kind of just, a lot of it blended together. It's perfectly nice. It's fine. Um, It, I I definitely respect what they do and appreciate their musicianship and their talent. It's just, it's the production and going to always be several knocks down for me and make it harder for this to be a band that I'm like, Oh, I love, I love Steely Dan. Mm. Um, so that's kind of my general take. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the product. This, I, I enjoyed this album. I, mm-hmm. I think there is. I think people like this because there's layers to this band. Now, yeah. I, I paid a lot of attention to the lyrics um, listening to this. Um, I think you can enjoy it musically on some level. It's like the perfect album to put on at like a picnic or a party or something, and have as like kind of relaxing like upbeat music and mm-hmm. and uh, or like pool music or something or, a, or on a yacht <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's an album you re- can definitely yeah. vibe to or yeah. like smoke a bowl to or something i would say mm-hmm. and then um but the lyrics they're kind of, it's it's almost like a concept album in some ways because they're talking about kind of these like seedier kind of low things so when it was funny when you said it was kind of like a high class but they're talking about talking about cocaine dealer in one song um (laughs) glamour profession they're talking about in hey 19 they're talking about dating uh, a younger woman and there being such an age gap that they don't like understand the same music because they mentioned aretha franklin at one point and the and the oh. younger woman's not supposed to doesn't know who that is or something <laughs> like that um and so they're That's commenting funny. on that they're talking about i mean there's a lot of drug references in this album time out yeah. of mind they're talking about chasing the dragon and and um and and uh hey 19 uh, back back to kind of drinking and smoking weed and things like that so they are i think they are couching kind of these more like darker topics or at least more maybe not relatable, but you know, and provocative topics with, with this kind of like smooth music. So I like this. I like the contrast on this album. I feel like Mm -hmm. this had more of a, 
I, I remember like us saying about Asia that that it, there is something there that we couldn't quite put our finger on and that it like took a lot of listens to to kind of appreciate it. I think this this came to me um, easier. Mm. Um, maybe maybe just having that history of them as well. Uh, but yeah. You it, th- so you say you, you think you like this better than Asia? Yeah, I think I yeah. like this more. Um, this is probably my favorite like de- default uh, Steely Dan album okay. of the ones we've listened to. Um, I like the... I appreciate the Don. I don't know. Donald Fagan's voice sometimes doesn't doesn't work for me as the lead vocalist, but the music and the harmonizing always do. And there's a lot that you can pick up on with the hundreds of instruments that they brought to yeah. <laughs> to the thing. I think the other key kind of sound to Steely Dan is that electric piano or the yeah. organ. That's such a kind of indelible part of their music, and not a not a lot of artists use it the same way they do. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not on board with that, you're not gonna you're not gonna like like this. But um, I would say I don't know. Glamour profession is has like the most ridiculous lyrics. So listen yeah. to that song and read the lyrics, and you'll be like, <laughs> you'll just love love what they're trying to say and and the vibe they're putting down. I guess ultimately, I like the vibe the vibe of this album. It's real like like you said, let's go out on a boat and, and sail yeah. the bar sail the Barbados and and um and <laughs> yeah and yeah and just like live you know live cheaply live on kind of the under the radar and and uh do what Relax. we want to do yeah yeah you know, and I, yeah when i said it's kind of like like an, like an intelligent type of refined like it, it's i was yeah. there's more about the sound of the music because i yeah as the non-lyrics guy like i i didn't even look that you know i didn't i didn't look those up but i do remember in asia there were similar kinds of like lyrics in terms of like you know a, a, a more of a somber tone with some of yeah. them you know i don't remember one of the songs was like was like commenting on like being a musician and how how much of a drag it was or whatever yeah. you know so there's and so there's yeah so it sounds like they're continuing a lot of those same lines here and you mentioned drugs and they were definitely you know i think walter becker in particular was that's one of the things that i saw um at this time was pretty heavy into drugs and mm-hmm. um and i think i think around this time or shortly after like his girl i think it was his girlfriend um actually died of a drug overdose oh, um, geez. and his and her family ended up suing him in a civil suit because he was the one that introduced her to drugs or something like that so mm. um so they were definitely especially him they were he was definitely into um and I think into the drugs. And I think that that's one of the reasons they, they started to show having a rift within, you know, between him and Fagan um, as a result of some of that. So for, for sure, that was definitely playing a part. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do you think that um, like because you had already listened to Asia and already ha- kind of had that experience and knew mm-hmm. the sound, do you think that that just helped prepare you for this a little bit more? And so this was an easier one to get into because you were a little bit more familiar with that sound? Yeah, I think I think so, yeah. and I think kind of the the content of this album was more amusing to me as well, and, and <laughs> yeah. that kind of made it easier to listen to. Also, yeah. another example would be Babylon Sisters, the opening track. That's that's about going down to Tijuana and like prostitutes and like all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so drinking Good too stuff, much, waking man. up the next day. So yeah, yeah it's it's fun. It's a, a escapist, I guess it could yeah. be thought of as well. Um, yeah. Did you see that Mark Knopfler is on Time Out of Mind? I, I did see that. He plays the lead guitar part on Time Out of Mind. Yeah. Um, I guess that I saw the story that they had heard him play on uh, they, they, The Sultans of Swing was a song that they had heard. They were like, okay, man, that yeah. guy's a really good guitarist. Maybe we could get him to play on this. So, <laughs> um, 
Uh, and yeah, we're going to be covering Dire Straits actually. In, well, <laughs> I should say in two weeks, right? Because <laughs> yeah. not next week, Eventually. the week after the first cold listen. But the way this is going, we're not going to hit that till <laughs> right. next year. Yep. So we uh, keep bombing out. But um, yeah, I would I would say too with this, I, I definitely feel like more listens to this. For, as someone who initially, like just hearing any one of these songs from like this album or Asia in particular, would initially go, ugh, turn it off. It's just, too, it's way too... Yeah it's 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 way too soft it's way too like cheesy and like dated or whatever mm-hmm. um i think the repeated listens that i've had have warmed me a little bit yep. um to make me to, to 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 generally like it but also just recognizing that it's not my default but um it's 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 that's still a pretty big turnaround because i was like vehemently going they suck like you know just like <laughs> yeah. i don't you know not that yeah. obviously they're talented but just like i don't i don't get it and so i do get it a little bit more um and uh yeah i think it's just going to continue to be something that i will like i don't think i'm ever going to love love the dan i don't even know if they're called that or not if the dan. <laughs> they called, he, the well dan. you've called them that now so the dan, a... i'm calling them that yeah i'm trademarking <laughs> that so um yeah steely d <laughs> steely d the steely d's <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, I yeah you know just wrapping up i think that the fact that you could put this on and not pay attention to the lyrics at all and yeah. then kind of like miss that level to it. And then you're, you're at some point you're like listening to it and you're like, what are they talking about? And then like pick yeah. up on that. I think that's really funny to me um, that, that that's, you could do that. That's usually how I listen to music, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. You know? And oftentimes I'll tell you more, more times than not, I never get to that second part where I, where I, I like I'll, I'll go years and years and years like I we were listening, I was in the car with with my wife like several years ago, yeah. and "Careless Whisper" came on the the George Michael song, mm-hmm. and it was for the first. And I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna pay attention to lyrics, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> these lyrics are really good. She's like, you've never listened. Like that song is from like you know I'd known that song for twenty plus years or whatever, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I never really listened to lyrics before. It just hit me in that moment like five six years ago. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So uh, so that's what happened. That's how I do. But I like I said, for me, it's mostly just. It's what the music's doing, and um, you know, if the lyrics come later on, they do. And I, I, I probably am missing out on a lot of stuff, but I don't know. My brain can only handle so much, so it's just it's what it is, Josh. You know. Yeah. Well, like like we, I know we're we're beating a, a dead horse here, but when we get to rap and we start listening to that more, like the lyrics are so like important to me in yeah. a lot of my favorite rap albums, and yeah. I just listen to the new Pusha T album, which I love. Uh, you know, I've loved him. Uh, since clips and kind of all their stuff and the lyric the wordplay in rap is so like kind of a key characteristic of yeah. of that of the that genre and it's one of the things I first picked up on when I got into it and um, so mm. yeah that's that's fun it's kind of in a, sa- a similar vein to this like you can listen to rap on one level but then you can like start paying attention and and see kind of how they're combining things and kind of the poetry to it um yeah it's um yeah that's that'll be interesting to get more into that because like i like i i I, typically i'm listening to rap more for the beats and the production behind it um Mm -hmm. and the lyrics definitely stand out way more for that because they're way more up front and way more part of like what what the song is but again like i'm gonna that's why I'm going to listen to public enemy because that's a band that like I knew I, I was like, Oh man, I'm going to get into this. And then I'm like, I didn't like the music at all. And I'm like, I just totally don't like it. Right. Yeah. But they're mostly known for their lyrics. So, um, yeah, I, I have to force myself to challenge myself to, you know, try to try to go a little bit further, but, uh, but yeah, that's a good point, Josh. Um, so yeah, we'll see where that lands. Yep. So highest 
highest uh, recommend for me and 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 uh, recommend. I mean, yeah, for I, you? I would. Like I mean, a, look, I have to. I have, yeah, I would say I would recommend it. Um, I mean, it's for a certain time or place for me. And um, I would say if you need some edge in your music, I would not recommend it because it's, <laughs> it's like yes. this is as edgeless as it comes. You know. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I was going to throw the question to you. I was like, why is this better than the Eagles? <laughs> you know, I think it probably is. But yeah. Yeah. The, well, the Eagles, see the, the difference between this and the Eagles for me, because the Eagles really don't have any edge either. They got a little bit more than this, but like, I just, again, it goes to the song quality. Like it's, it, it's more mm-hmm. interesting. The beat, the, the, the melody and the beat behind what they're doing is uh, generally more interesting than what a lot of the, some Eagles have some terrible chorus. Like I listen to some of the choruses and I'm like, that was weak. That just didn't <laughs> like, I don't find any, I'll say this. I don't find any el- elements of Steely Dan's, like the music and the, the chord progressions or the chorus, or whatever, where I go, that's weak. I don't yeah. really, I don't really think that I came up with that. Whereas when I listen to the Eagles, a lot of times I say, "Oh my God, that was weak," or "That could have been better." Right? That's they had an idea there, and they 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 missed an opportunity. From my, you know, as if I were doing it, I would have done to- you know, I, you know, done something totally different. Even though I can't yeah. write any music, so. Uh, but I, that's a good point. I never thought of it like that. But I, I didn't. I don't really find any moments with Steely Dan where I go, "Ah, that's that's a weak part." It's it's the production. Yeah, it's the sound of the production that that's my kind of my challenge with with Steely Dan. But I would still I'd still recommend it. There, there, it was an enjoyable listen. I didn't hate this album. I I, I liked it fine. It's a general general little thumbs up, a little bit yeah. of a thumbs up yeah. for me. I would say, yeah. I think for some reason the Eagles have like a bigger ego, so they think they're like better than they are or something, and that like carries through. Well, they sell a lot of albums though, so yeah, it's hard to like you know it's hard to kind of question that they they have an ego, but they have a reason to have an ego, you know. Um, so I, I can't really fault them for that, but I, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things, I guess. But so, so all yeah, right. I guess thumbs up all around on these two last <laughs> yeah. minute records. Yep. Uh, we, we, we didn't really even introduce our, our podcast name. I think at the beginning, we didn't even say, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we told on like what platforms people could find us. So John's probably going to have a field day with how we butchered up the host. Oh job. man. I f- yeah. totally forgot to introduce the podcast. I just assume people that listen to us always listen to us. So they yeah, know that's, who we are. <laughs> the other thing too is like, I always find it funny when you're like, if you could find us on this platform or that platform, I'm like, aren't you listening to us anyway? Don't you know where to find us <laughs> from the future? Yeah. Well, I would say like, and subscribe. Right, that's what a lot of podcasters say. Yeah, like and subscribe, and then you can get the more you put our you, you uh, review us and give us five star reviews, uh, the more we get our name out there. And other, I don't even know how many people are listening to us. It's probably what are we down to like six? <laughs> I don't know. That's not a good job of marketing. Let's check us out on <laughs> check us out on uh, YouTube. John does a good job of cutting oh, up yeah, our YouTube, segments get, and yeah. putting there and and commenting in the the small small but dedicated community. I think that that uh finds us based on whatever artists people are looking for at the time and uh twitter we post stuff on twitter so check us out there as well and uh this is combing the stacks if you didn't know you listened all the way through and now you know the name of our podcast we really buried the lead there uh maybe i'll record something to put in at the beginning probably not but um it's also the logo on your phone or in your car right now that you see we have our logo up there which is I like our logo. I think our logo is pretty good, actually. Oh, yeah. I, I really like our logo. I drink out of the coffee mug that I have of it all the time. Yeah. And um, this is a bonus episode after all. So it's going to be, it's gonna be, you know, not run of the mill, not a proper no. bio. So you're going you're gonna to get uh, however we're feeling at the time. For, it's very digestible, though. It's a, very, it's, a, it's a short, short version here. So. Yep. 
So next week, we theoretically will be back uh, talking about Dead Kennedy's Joy Division and uh, Judas Priest. Judas Priest, yes. Um, Take three. We're going to get it this time. John's (laughs) going to be better. I'm not going to be in Florida. You're not going to go on a bike trip. Nope. Um, I'll have two uh, Josh's movie corners as a result. Also. Oh, we're doing, oh wow. So okay. yeah, <laughs> two for one deal. Movies. And uh, so stay tuned for that. And then, yeah, John will be back up to full health and we can hear uh, what he thought about this episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> yep. So uh, from Combing the Stacks, uh, this is uh, Matt and myself, Josh, saying goodnight and uh keep the uh, Santa Ana winds from from blowing as Steely Dan would say have a good one everyone right on Combing the Stacks can be found on 13 different platforms viewer feedback can be sent to combingthestacks at gmail.com you can follow us on Twitter at Combing the and on YouTube by searching for Combing the Stacks and throwing us a follow